Hey, Mark, how you doing? Hey, Andy. Hey, man, I just want to say thanks for doing this tonight. I really, really appreciate it. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, man, uh, yeah, you know, it's, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's good to chat, you know, especially after this year. It's, I think it's a good thing for uh, – it's a good thing for people to, to communicate and talk and kind of lighten things up a little bit. And, you know, especially catch up with someone you haven't talked to in a long time. I kind of found myself doing that last year, you know, reaching out to some people that I hadn't talked to and sending packages to friends like, you know, CDs or records or DVDs or, you know, like, you know, check this thing out, you know, just like out of nowhere. And I don't know, it just felt good last year, you know, kind of revisiting old friends and things like that. So it continues. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun for me. Um, I've definitely connected with some people, you know, via like snail mail and stuff. Like you said, like sending people packages and things. That's yep. been really fun. And all of a sudden something shows up at your door. It's this. It's from who knows who it might be from. And it's some cool record or DVD or a comic. I've been getting a lot of comics from friends in the mail. Like, hey, have you read this? Check this out. I'll send it your way. And um, that's been that's been very, very cool. So um, that's that's part cool, of the reason, yeah. Part of the reason why I wanted to do this was I felt like there was an opportunity for people to have something to listen to that would be fun to reminisce about, you know, the yep, or, or to to listen to or talk about or whatever the case. And so far, um, I've just I've just been having a fucking blast mostly. Mostly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's first and foremost. You gotta you gotta have fun, right? And, and oh, I think that's absolutely. a good thing. I I I think being you know I'm I'm very sentimental. I'm a romantic. I'm, um, you know I, you know I'm. I think maybe some of that comes naturally for me because because I'm older. But like I think I've always been that way. I think I've always appreciated uh, what's come before, and you know I've always believed that you know you need everything in balance and, and as much as I'm all for whatever advance, you, you can't stop progress. Um, and, um, technology is cool and gadgets are cool and things are fun or whatever, but like, you know, I don't think you need to throw everything, you know, the, you don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's like, you can still have, you know, classic things and still have some classic ways and still adopt to the new. And I think so much is like, you know, it's this and, you know, no, you're, you're old. If you, if you, you know, if you do that or, you know, you know, grow up or get with the program, ah, horseshit, you know, like, you know, I can, I can get down with new stuff, but like, don't tell me I can't still think this way or I can't, you know, it's, I, I think we've always been maybe a, 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 a people that, you know, you know, Hey, you're on the bus or you're not. It's like, no nah, bullshit. I can be on a couple buses here, you know, I can. And so um, I think that, yeah, I think that, you know, reminiscing and having appreciation for people or times before, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for your soul. I think it's a good thing to keep people balanced. And, you know, it's always nice to have things that remind you that there's, you know, that you're not the, you're not the only thing, you know, that, you know, that, that um, you know, things that keep you grounded, I think are important, very important, you know. I I couldn't agree more. I think that you know, remembering remembering things like where you come from, you know how you got to where you are, um, you know, take that as you want it, are super yep. critical in trying to 
guide you to becoming who you want to be tomorrow and the yep. next day. And um, I, you know, I grew up very much that way. My parents were very interested in, in things that were classic and vintage and, and, um, and that transitioned to me. And, and so now that I am at this point in my life, it's been about um, 10 years now since I was mm-hmm. really involved in the local music scene. And that kind of is going for a lot of the, the other people that I've been talking to. They're about like 10 years removed, unless they're still active. Um, yep. And so it's an interesting mix of talking to these people about, you know, when you look back on this, how do you mm-hmm. feel now? And how has it affected your life? And so many of these these people, whether they were in bands or whether they were maybe like graphic designers that did some album art or, or took photos for bands or whatever, the, or book shows. Um, it's really, really cool to, to hear all the different perspectives because even though we have these shared memories and these shared experiences, everyone's mm-hmm. perception is a little bit different. Everyone experiences things differently. And yep. Even even amongst guys in the same band, it's really fun to talk. Sure, to, you know, um, and so, sure, sure, yeah. I mean, sometimes you're under the roof with someone that you know. I mean, you know, this you look at family. You know, sometimes you you you're living with someone. You know, you know, people don't know who the heck they are. You know, lost marriages when you're living with someone, you really don't know who this person is. Or parents don't know their kids. Or you know, I mean, it's sometimes the things that are closest to you are the are the uh, you know, are, are the least obvious, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't disagree yeah. with that at all. Um, so, so let me, so let me ask you this. So you were talking earlier just a minute ago about, you know, things that are, you know, uh, not throwing the baby out with the bath water as far as things that are classic welcoming in the new, you know, technology is cool. Gadgets are neat, but you know, one of the, the, the things that's been coming up a lot, in these conversations speaking of things that kind of are are going away is the the disappearance of this of the scene that we have kind of been focused on is going hand in hand with the disappearance of the the all ages show Mm -hmm. um you know places like the station in portland that used to do a ton of all ages shows um places like um the sad cafe in Mm plastown new hampshire Um, all these places you know they started going away and it makes sense you know economically why they did you know it's really hard to make money that way especially if you're a small venue to to have shows and and not sell booze and a lot of food yeah um but do you think that there's anything else that has maybe been new for the the local music scene that has been really great that has really helped it out like is there anything maybe I don't know, social media that you can think of that's been really advantageous for local bands or what's been a new thing that's been great for local music? Um, I don't know. I, I, I Honestly, my, my instinct is nothing. My, or my initial response is nothing. And I know that sounds like a negative thing to say or it's like, you know, someone's going to, you know, uh, jump right away and go, and gonna, someone else might have five things in mind, but, um, you know, I mean, you know, um, I'll, I'll backtrack and say, you know, maybe some new forms of social media, 
or TikTok or Instagram or things that obviously not new. They've been around for a minute, but like, you know, I don't mess with those very much. Um, but I mean, it's just another way to get out to reach people and to do things, you know, I guess. I don't know. I, I think that, um, I think that, um, so I'm going to say the most harsh things here about, about music and, and, and from my perspective, and then I'll, and then I'll follow it up with hopefully something more inspirational and positive. Great. Uh, I think, I think, um, I think, I think it's a, it's a mess right now. I think it's an absolute mess. I think it's, um, I think it's more frustrating, um, confusing, and um, uh, uh, unencouraging more than ever to do anything in music. I, mean, I really feel that way. I, 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 unfortunately, I think that there's so much going against everybody. I think technology has been the greatest thing and the worst thing for people in music. I mean, you think of the miracles it's made and you think of the deaths it's caused in, in all kinds of ways, whether it be the record label, um, you know, record stores or whatever. It's been so awesome and so important and it's completely fucked everything up. Now, that being said, boo-hoo, you move on, you, 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 um, you try to rebuild from the ashes or move forward and, and that's what everybody's doing. Right. And, and, and I've watched from a perspective for years, you know, all right, well, let's, let's see what happens here. Who's going to do what, what's the new thing? What's this and that. And, and I still think it's a place right now where it's an absolute, uh, guessing game. I don't think anybody, I don't give a shit how long they've been in the business uh, how expensive their suit is or what band they signed 10 years ago. I don't think anybody knows exactly what the hell is going on. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, you know, nobody needs to feel that bad about it because it's, I think it's, I think it's like that all around. I think, I think the, it's just the whole boat. I think everybody, because I think what's happened with technology and all these advancements and in social media and all the things, whatever, in the past 10 plus years, it's this stuff has happened so fast and without, you know, uh, any pace at all um, that it's just created, uh, you know, a head spinning world where years ago you had a breakthrough or something cool comes out. You had a minute to live with it and learn it and work it and, and okay, this is how we do things now. Hey, here, you know, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when CDs started and, and came into play, you know, and it was like, whoa, what's this thing? Oh, $750,000 for a CD player. All right, well, I guess I got to get one, but what, but then we lived with CDs for a long time. Um, and, you know, for the better part of like the, the mid 80s into the mid 90s to the late 90s, what else was there besides CDs for advancement? There wasn't much. The mini CD, the mini disc, I, I don't know. You know, we really weren't even emailing until the mid-90s, really, in terms of commonplace. Then you get to the late 90s, you get to the early 2000s, and then, you know, all right, websites are starting to become commonplace. Emailing is becoming commonplace, and technology is starting to hit it a certain way. iTunes, the beginning of iTunes is coming around then. And then, of course, Napster, which I think Napster, you know, I thought about this a lot lately. I think Napster's done uh, maybe more damage 
uh, beyond music. That's maybe an, another topic for an, it's a loaded topic for another time. But then then all the flows with everything else. I mean, just line them up. MySpace, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, friggin' YooHoo, whatever the hell. I mean, all this stuff, and it's been nonstop for 20 years. And nobody's had a chance to live with it and learn how to master it And um, because something else has come along. Now, that being said, you keep in mind, who are the people that are doing that You know, on, on this level, bringing it back to local music? Local music people. So we're doing more and more where you can't just be a musician. You know, before it's like, all right, maybe I got to get a couple gigs ourselves or maybe I got to put up the flyers or whatever. Now it's like, yeah, you got to do that. Plus, you got to do this and you got to post that. You got to launch this. You got to put up these songs and you got to stream this. I mean, you're doing everything but being just a music artist. And that sucks. I'm not saying that, you know, you should be scot free. Um, it is your world. It's your business. You should always have a handle and in, in, in involvement and all that. But. Now it's like, I mean, it's just, you, you, artists can't, can't be an artist anymore. And um, that may be the way it is, but it's, it's not right. Because the thing that's the most important is music and making great records, not worrying about your fucking Instagram account, you know, because that's a tool. It's a promotional tool. You know, it's not going to make you make better music or, you know, write better songs or play better. You know, and, and I think, you know, one thing I noticed, you know, with the all ages scene around here years ago was, you know, you go to the station and you got all these bands that got, you know, merch table, they got 15 different t-shirts and merch items, but most of them didn't even know how to tune their guitar. And <laughs> so to me, that was, you know, that was a sign of like, you know, you know, I mean, whatever. I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but like, you know, that you talk about the cart before the horse, right? And yeah. Everybody's thinking of getting the name out there and promoting. Promoting what? You know, what if you're not that good yet? What are you promoting? A great name and a cool logo. Um, now, again, I'm not trying to, you know, you know, piss on Santa Claus here or anything, um, <laughs> because it's fun. You know, you want to make T-shirts and you want to have fun, and, yep. and it is, you know, it's telling girls, "Hey, I'm in a band." I mean, it is that. There is that fun. I'm not trying to take that away, but. You know, um, I think there's more and more as years go by that are just taking, you know, people away from the main, the main important focus. So I think that right now it is the most frustrating time. I, you know, let's not even talk about this past year. Let's just completely pretend like this is we're having this conversation pre, you know, March 2020. Um, yeah. It's still yeah. the most frustrating time because there's just no way to normally do it now to get signed. Yeah, there's still people out there that are looking and, you know, there's still opportunities in this and that. But, I mean, what are those even, you know? I mean, um, uh, you know, I mean, I had a moment where I worked with and managed an artist um, from Wells who went on to, um, I, I played him on my radio show and that's how it started. And then less than a year while I was managing him, that song went on to become a gold record for Universal Republic Records. Like, I mean, I saw this whole thing play out in front of me. And, um, you know, <laughs> you, 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 uh, you know, you look at, you know, here's a label that had a hit song and they didn't really do anything with it. They didn't develop him. They didn't show any interest or care. And yet they have hit music in front of them that's proven. And, um, and a great talent. So, you, you know, even about, there, 
You're talking about Spose right mm-hmm. now? Yeah, yeah. yeah and, yeah. you know, and, and so, you know, that, that whole year when I'm Awesome came out, I mean, that's a whole story for another time, too. I mean, there was just so much that happened. People don't realize how much happened that year and, and, and what was going on. It was remarkable. I, my jaw was dropping the whole year because I was around every second of it with him. And Now, what, what, um, year, what year was that that came out? Because I remember... So it was 2010. Okay, so... I remember I was working at a Panera Bread in Biddeford um, shortly mm. before that. And he would come in to, yeah. to Panera Bread. And yeah. I remember like making this food and like talking to him. And I was playing, you know, the sophomore beat was playing at the time. And we yep. were out. Yep. And um, I remember him. And even though we were not genre similar, I remember thinking like, this guy is such an inspiration to me. Like, here's a guy mm. that is just like the rest of us. Like, he's he's local. He grinded yeah. and worked his ass off. He came up with something that was yeah. really, really good. And then a yep. great thing happened for him, you know? And that was such an inspirational yeah. story to the entire main scene. It didn't matter what genre. It didn't matter, you yeah. know, any of that like it was just and you were so happy for him and i think that that's one thing about the and i can't i can't talk about any other local music scene right because i'm i'm only from here so i can only talk about things here um but when something good happened for someone in in the local music scene it didn't matter who they were or anything like everyone was so happy for them did you feel like sure. that was in in your experience did you feel that same sense of like pride no matter what the circumstance was well yeah i mean it's it's like um um you know the saying you know with you know, with, you know um rising tides raise all ships or whatever it is you know and 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 that's it you know when it's easy to player hate on somebody and i saw a lot of that with him you know because mm-hmm. let's let's face it at the end of the day not everybody's positive some people don't like when the other guy you know gets the cupcake yeah. or gets the gold star in class or whatever but i mean yeah i mean you know for for this scene around here because it's so tight knit and pretty much everybody's cool and knows each other you know anybody getting success or some attention meant, Hey, there's eyes on the scene. And that's a good thing. Cause that means that, you know, someone might come to town and check you out. Maybe this is the next Seattle, or maybe this is the next, you know, whatever Minneapolis or I don't know, pick a, pick a hip city, Toronto or whatever. And so that's, that's a good thing. And Portland is, was always a city that was buzzy. And so to know that there's eyes on something, it's got to, it should have encouraged everybody. And you want to see your, your friends do well because one, it motivates you Two, there might be an opportunity there for you, you know? So, yeah, I mean, but I mean, with him, I mean, it was just, uh, you know, there's, there's always going to be that player hating, but I mean, I want to jump back to what you said. It's, it's great that you say that because that's the way I feel was he, you know, he was a listener to, you know, the station I'm on and he grew up listening to that station. Right. So he's an alternative kid first off. 
and then he you know then he found wu-tang and jay-z and biggie and all that stuff and then then he mixes all that with weezer and smashing pumpkins and, and all that stuff so he's always been that so he's he loved the station when he when i first played him you know a year plus before i'm awesome even came out you know he was like you know i'm on, i'm getting played on the radio station i grew up listening to you know he always stayed grounded and when i was on the road with him everywhere we went you know and we did some crazy stuff i mean i was standing with him on stage just after he performed watching the next three bands that played on the same stage after him which were cage the elephant weezer and stone temple pilots and we're looking at each other like what the what's going on here like but we're you know out in omaha and you know he'd be on stage everywhere we went bragging about you know where he came from about back here and how great the music scene was here i brought him in all these radio interviews and he'd always talk about the great talent back here and how awesome the scene was back here and he was always cool and promotive and, and even when we first started making money that year he put it right back into starting his label and putting out educated advocates in in cam groves and uh and lady essence he put out like their records like he was helping other people like you know he did it all very right and I watched him that whole year drinking everything in all the bullshit, the scams, the phony people at the label, which was pretty much almost everybody. Um, you know, I saw him, you know, he's got a bullshit detector better than anybody. And, you know, I just saw him dodging all that stuff, but drinking it all in and retaining all those fans. So when the inevitable happened, which was, uh, we didn't end up putting out a full record. They came in breach of contract because we were supposed to have a, get a release date from them by a certain time. And he had made the album and they kind of kept stalling and, and they just didn't, they, they I'll try and shimmy back to my original industry bashing session here, but you know, they just didn't put the time, they didn't put the time into it. It's like, you guys just got a song an artist that's doing well, he's playing all these shows. He cracked into the American top 40. I'm awesome was number 39 for one week in the American top 40. Now, not everybody gives a shit about making it into the, the, the top 40, but in, in to hear Ryan Seacrest introduce his song or her song, but like, I still was kind of like, this is, this is insane. I mean, this is insane. I started, I was playing this on my radio show and he's in the American top 40 with whatever, Matchbox right. or I don't know, Imagine what? Dragons, uh, Usher and Beyonce. Like, this wow. is insane. And and how can a record label not really get behind that artist? Not to mention he was filming a pilot for a show on MTV and, you know, there's all kinds of stuff going on with him. But anyways, I mean, that just goes to show you how frustrating it is that even with a hit song and somebody that if you spend five minutes with that dude, you're like, oh, this dude's got something. I'm not sure what it is, but there's something here. He's funny. He's talented. He's a goofball. He's super creative and he's smarter than pretty much everybody in the room. How do you not, uh, you know, develop that relationship and, you know, figure things out, you know, and, and they just kind of, they let it fly. And so they're in breach of contract. So we we're able to walk and he, that's what he did. And so I guess my point going way, way back was even with a song, I have a gold record on my wall and I worked very hard for that. And, you know, I've been around music, you know, my whole life, but I mean, working around music for maybe 33 years now, like really involved in music, like working and being involved probably 33 years now. And like, that's a major achievement for me that, that, you know, you go into 
you know, people's offices or whatever, and they get gold records wherever on the wall, and half of them, they wouldn't even know half of the ones that are on their wall, and they, and they don't remember being involved in any of them. But that one in my wall, you know, like after him, you know, I don't feel like there's anybody that deserves that more than me. I busted my ass for that, and, and I'm very proud of that. But, like, what came from it? Freaking label, just let them walk. So even having a hit song in this country it's doesn't enough. mean much. Yeah. Now, now again, not everybody's looking to have a hit song and be on American Top 40 and do all this and that. But um, that's just, you know, that's just a little bit of a sign of, you know, you can't look to labels. You haven't been able to for years. It's just their businesses, I mean, more than ever. And they haven't got time for artist development. And to me, I'm all about artist development. But sure. one of the things, like, you know, that I've been realizing is that there is no need for a band anymore. And for me, that's one of the saddest things is that there's mm. no need to get three or four of your buddies together and jam and grind and go out and play shows. And there's no need to do any of that anymore. You know, it's just, it's just trying to get that one. Well, you know, go ahead. Well, no, but would you say yes? Um, there's no need for that if you're just looking to be a success in the music world and to make money and have a hit song. But if you're right. looking to enjoy yourself and have a fulfilling career and write great music and have fun and enjoy being on stage and create, then yeah, you do need all that. And and, and that's it. I mean, you just got to separate yourself. And I've always said that, you know, is, is you know you got two types of artists it's like either you just you got to go for it go for it get in the van do everything go for it get you know maybe give up the job or, or only work it part-time or whatever you just got to make the sacrifices there's just no if ands or buts you just go you got to do it all and then there's hey listen i'm not quitting my day job i got a life i got a family i got things going on but i love making music i love to play every now and then i'm not looking you know, to play that new cool venue in, uh, you know, Athens, Georgia. Um, I don't, I'm not worried about jumping in the van. Um, yeah, maybe I'll go and play Boston, you know. Yeah, maybe we'll put out a CD or, you know, a seven inch or put in Bull Moose or whatever. But yeah, that's about it. That's, that's fine too. Because you know what? There's no difference between either one of those records. You can love both of those records as much, as, as much right? That record that the part-time dad makes on his own could be a world changing record for you and the greatest record you've ever heard as much as the guy who sacrifices everything for it and quits his job, you know? So that's, that's wild to think about it that way, but you just, you got to make that, you got to make that decision is, you know, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm going to go for it and just do it, do it, do it. Or am I just going to kind of, you know, see what happens, but I got to play it safe too. And, and I think, because this industry has really collapsed and, and it's completely changed and it's become out of really uh, the labels controls and things like that. Um, you know, I think that uh, it, it, I don't know. I think it's been a little frustrating. Um, I don't know for, for a lot of people, I think it's kind of been frustrating to, to try to, to try to maneuver, I guess, but I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I just want to backtrack and, and uh, for all the negativity, I also, I also want to, you know, the thing to me about it all is that, and I've said this for so many years and I, I stand by it and I, and I, I always want to say this is that 
no matter what's going on, the state of the music world, how crazy it is and how Delphi looks to do anything um, or, or find a level of success that you think is the level, you know, the right level or whatever, no matter how much things have been torn apart, how confusing it is, how much, how much is out there, how overloaded and saturated and desensitized everybody is, how negative and grim it is, you know, and I'll say this in 50 years from now, I'll say the same thing. You know, if you have a great songwriter, you have a great band or a great artist, you have a great record, then that's the most important thing. Because how it's sold, how people hear it, where they get it, when do they get all that other stuff, that just all gets factors out. That's all part of the machine. But if you have that music, if you have the, the, the <clears throat> you have the art, that's the most important thing because you can have all the business and technology you want, but without someone writing great songs and being a great band, you don't have shit. And that's the thing that record labels and management and, 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 and everybody in the industry should have always known for years and years is that there's always something bigger than you. And that is the music and the artists. And without it, you got nothing. And I kind of said earlier, it's, it's always nice to have something that's humbling and to keep you grounded. You know, um, it just, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's a good thing to know that whatever God you pray to, there is something bigger than you. And uh, I think that's a good thing. And I think in music, you got to realize that the songwriting and the, and the artists, they are God, you know? I, I think that to your point too, you know, there were, there are so many amazing musicians in Maine. I mean, you know, one of the things that I was looking at were uh, album releases from the mid to late 2000s. So like the 2006 mm -hmm. to 2010, 2011 era. And some of my favorite things that came out, you know, locally um, were things like the Minus Scale put out a record that year or in those years, the early sparks the rescue stuff was so fantastic the too late the hero stuff mm -hmm. that came out that was so great um stop mm -hmm. with the new go um you know the sophomore beat stuff i'm i'm incredibly proud of obviously you know sure you should that. be man um and yeah. thank you thank you so i just feel like that was something that maine and i'm sure that that's not um specific to maine you know i'm sure that in georgia or in idaho there are communities of fantastic songwriters but i just always mm -hmm. felt like the quality of music at that time was for all of us to come together and to all be promoting and to all be doing those things all at once and to have the outcry from family friends from the support from cyy the support from all the local venues i mean i just feel like i felt like i was part a welcoming group of people, such a strong community. That, that is really what I'm missing in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know? Um, currently. Yeah. And I think that that's yeah. something that has probably diminished, but I'm, I'm also not really in touch with what's going on currently in the local mm -hmm. music scene. Um, yeah. So, has has that sense yeah. of, of support that community has that diminished over the last 
10 or 15 years or has it changed in some way or you know you could probably speak to that a little bit well, yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah for sure i mean um you know yeah. well <clears throat> i think that that was a great time it was a great moment and that happens it's it comes and goes right it's in waves and good days and you know ups and downs with scenes and whatever that was a great moment man there was so much spirit and energy um and things were aligned because you had the venues to do it you know ken might do some ollie just stuff at the big easy on weekends or whatever then you had the station doing stuff and then maybe there's an opening slot at asylum or wherever else so there was there was opportunities around you know and then you know you had some bands that were you know um, they're part of the all ages scene and sound, but they were also elevated to another level where they could play at eventually Empire or something with a regular band, you know. And I saw that with like Cambiata, I saw them playing with you know 21 plus type style bands. Um, and I'm like, this totally works because they're better than a lot of the bands they're playing with. This is ridiculous, like you know, and um, um, there was just you know, I mean. Everything was lined up, man. You know, Bull Moose was selling it. People were still buying physical. I was playing it on the radio. Um, you know, um, you know, um, you know, um, MPG doing their part. Charlie Gaylord, you know, um, when he was doing his thing on BLM at that time with greetings from Area Code 207, he played some of that stuff. Yep. You know, I probably was probably the I was probably the more varied. I don't think anybody played the range that I that I've played since I've been doing spin out and still it's still that way for me and, and I'm proud of that because I wanna play I wanna play the heaviest band and I wanna play, you know, Amy Allen too, you know, pop song too. You know, from one extreme to the other. And then I wanna play something roots and then I wanna play something hip hop or whatever. If it's good, it's good. I think just at that time, you know, it's funny, it's like, you know a lot of those bands were just you know they they were good they they sounded good they had some good songs um i enjoyed a lot of that stuff i think the spirit and i think the belief uh in everybody was there you know that younger crowd was there their fans were there but you know what man i mean hey you like you say it's 10 years it's, it's 10 years people all right now i'm in school or now i'm working now i got married now i got a kid now i got a job now i get this and that and focus has changed i mean it's like that with with everybody you know and and um that, i mean that's life you know i've had a lot of friends uh in the music scene over the years and some of them are still going through it right now where they're starting to come out of it and i want so much for them to still have success but it's just like hey you know what? it's like it's, it's maybe it's time not that your stuff wasn't good or you didn't do enough or whatever, but you got to start to eventually think about yourself and I have a family life or whatever it is. And when you're a supporter or somebody, a believer like myself to see that slip away, man, that's, it's a tough pill for me to swallow, let alone the person themselves, because I know something's there and it's frustrating, you know, but um, things were just lined up then, man. It was a good time. There was an electricity and I don't think that social media, um, I think it played a, a, a more of a positive and more of a helpful part. And now it's just a friggin' nightmare right now. It's just, it's, it's just this, and this past year has been a sign of that. Like social media is almost like maybe like almost hate everybody right now. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm just so sour on everybody and it sucks because I get along with people and I like to meet and, and find out about people. And I love to find out about people's family and their background. I enjoy 
you know, that, you know, like I kind of almost don't now because of social media this past year, you know, obviously we have reasons for it. Everybody's a little frustrated and rightfully so and, 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 and worried and all that. But, uh, but I think back then early on, maybe it played a little bit more. It was a little more helpful and people were having fun with it. Now it's just out of control. But um, yeah, you know, um, I think, you know, and in, to where we are now, it's, again, it's so changed. People uh, are not doing the music that they did, or they get life changes or whatever. Some are still trying to do some things, or maybe they're doing different things. They've morphed into, you know, doing their hearty, you know, Americana project or something different or whatever, and that's fine. Um, from my perspective at the radio station, uh, from, from Spin Out, um, it's weird because I think that everybody thinks they know everything, you know. Oh, it's like I'm not going to, you know. Nobody listens to the radio. Well, you're wrong. Of course, people listen to fucking radio. Are you kidding me? And they always will, as long as it's there. Now, are the numbers there or, or you know, the success? Story? Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. It changes. Everything changes. But I actually, you know, I left the radio station full time four years ago and I just do spin out. That's all I do there now. And, and, and I hear more from newer people than, than I had, you know, for a while. Like, um, almost like they appreciate it more than ever because radio has gotten, you know, not very good. It's gotten worse over the years. But um, I think people just have a negative appro uh, 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 approach to radio because they're like, oh, it's the same shit. It's just not. And they're right most of the times, you know. Mm -hmm. Luckily okay. for me and for Spin Out, I feel like we make up for the sins of radio, you know, because you know, I was always going to play stuff that. I think people needed to hear, you know, back in that day when you guys were doing your thing, it's like, oh, I'm playing all that, but Hey, I'm going to play the new Norma Jean or whatever, you know, bands that were aligned with the scene here. Cause I had people listening for you guys and, and too late the hero and all, all those bands. And then it's like, well, then I want them to also hear this band from Toledo as well too. And know that, Hey, there's a place for that too, you know? And, um, and uh, you know, yeah, man, there's, there's, there is, um, I think the, the, the rise of, um, uh, of live music in the town, you know, in terms of national acts, um, has played factor into it. I mean, there's no, there's no lie there. I mean, there was a moment, you know, in the late, um, 08, 09, two, like 210, uh, 211, where it was a little quiet. We we're in a gap. State theater was closed for a bit. Yep. Port City Music Hall hadn't opened yet. Um, it was really the only games in town for a minute were Asylum and, you know, um, oh, Big yeah. Easy and maybe Geno's or something when they relocated. But, you know, so the local acts at that time were everything <clears throat> because there wasn't this new national band in town every day of the week like there is right now. Right. It's not a bad thing, you know, because no. at the end of the day, everybody, everybody wants to blame somebody like, you know, I'm just I'm just bringing I'm bringing the point out that there's more live you know national music now and and that yeah that does play factor but it it's not roaring at all what it what it comes down to and is still that it's people going out and supporting so are there tribute bands and cover bands in town yeah there are but don't be an asshole and blame them because they didn't go to your band's show we're 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 the fans you know right. nobody made them go to see you know, the Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville shithead band or whatever, you know, they went to that, that was their decision. They like, you know, to watch people cover 
old men in Hawaiian shirt music. I don't know. But, you know, don't blame them and that shitty band for not going to your show. Right. You know, at the end of the day, it's your fans coming out and the people that you're reaching. They're not there. Or if you haven't reached them, well, then, then there's a, still some progress that needs to be made there. So, you know, it hating on something else isn't going to make your situation better. And I think that goes to say even beyond music. Um, but oh, certainly, certainly. Right. But back at that time, man, yeah, that was, that was it. There was, those were the only games in town. So, you know, most of the nights of the week you go to and empire was just starting to get chugging along. So you'd see, you know, uh, you know, uh, whatever pick, pick bands back then sidecar radio or loverless or yeah, paranoid social club. Or, we, yeah, we, played with, we played with Bayside there at empire and that sure. Sick. That was so cool. <laughs> sure. And it's good for you guys too, because it gets you into, you know, don't, don't, don't hate me on using the term at that time. It got you to the big boys room where, you oh, know, yeah. you're not just playing for the younger kids, but you're playing for that crowd. That's like, Hey, listen, I don't go down the station, you know, cause I, you know, I'm, I, I go to, you know, I'm older. I want to go see bands and have a beer. So now you had to win over those people. When I saw all ages bands winning over the 21 plus crowds, I was always psyched about that, you know, because to me, good music is good music, you know. Um, some people it's go to just, have a beer, or some people go to hear the music, you know. And having, like you so, said, it was that opportunity. You had to have the opportunity to reach those people, you know, like people yeah. had their places they were going to go, and that's great. Support the local places that there are, you know, go to Empire. That's awesome. You yep. just, as a local band, you know, you had to find a way to get that opportunity to be there at the right place to reach some of those people sure. and sure. I, I think that that just came from you know for for us you know two of us myself and, and our guitar player mike you know we came from a really small town in maine you know we grew up in mexico maine and so yep you know to to be down there in portland we already felt like we were like in the big city you know i mean sure for, Forget about when we started playing Boston and we went down and we played, you know, all these other shows in, in New York and, and, and uh, you know, Rhode Island and in Providence was such a great scene, you know, great places to play in Providence. And, but like when we were in Portland, like those were our, like when we got a good show in Portland, like playing that Bayside show or mm. um, there was going to be a, a red jumpsuit apparatus show that we were going to yeah. get on that didn't end up panning out because th one of those guys had a, a family crisis. I think I can't remember, but at any rate, yeah, like, I think I remember that. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, Vaguely, yep, yep. Um, it's like when we played those shows, like for the, for the hometown crowd and then people came that we had never played for, it was such a great mm -hmm. opportunity and it was such a great experience. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you I one mean, of the, one of the landmark experiences that I will, always always remember was i remember exactly where i was when i first heard one of our songs play on spin out and yeah. i can tell you how much that meant to all of us you know we were yeah. we were in a we were in the parking lot at the station we were about to play a show and i remember us all being huddled around the van we had the radio up and it was like the only thing that I can relate it to, and this is kind of maybe an obscure reference for some people, but there's a scene in a movie called That Thing You Do. And yeah. it's about a band and, you know, in the, mm -hmm. the 60s and they get their song on the radio and 
they're running down the street. They got handheld radios and they're running down the street and they run into the appliance <laughs> store and they're all dancing around radios. And like, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, it's really like that for people. Like that's gotta be, yeah, man. You, know, you were talking about cracking the top 40. You know, I can't imagine yeah. the feeling that that oh, must have because it must've been incredible. You know, we were on spin out. Yeah, I mean, us was a huge deal because <clears throat> I'm like, we grew up listening to CYY. We grew up listening to Spin Out. We, yep. we, you know, and when we saw you at the station, we were like, oh, <laughs> like that's Mark with a K. Like it was a big deal. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah. and whether yeah. or not you ever felt that way, you know, I hope that you feel like the role that you played and play in local music is so important and it's so inspirational to hear local music on the radio still to this day. Like, it's so important yeah. to hear those things. And, and I, I hope that people yeah. say thank you to you for those things. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it comes up now and then, and, and that to me is what it's all about, you know, and that that's what it's all, it's all worth it for someone to say, Hey, I picked up this record. Cause you told me about, about this. Like to me, that's, that's what it's always been for me. Even when I was a little kid and collecting music, 45s and getting cassette tapes and, and like, you know, going to my parents or a cousin or a neighbor and being like, oh, you got to hear this song. This is the best song, you know. Oh, is that the, no, it's not the song on the radio. It's this song. It's the third song on side two. And like, I was like a and ring when I was a little kid. Like I was pulling out, <laughs> I was picking singles, you know. But like, when I love, you know, I think it's just natural, you know, but even more so for me, I, when I find something I really love or believe in, I want to share it. I want to turn other people onto it. I want people not to like it because I like it. I want them to like it because I feel like, you know, I, I think they will enjoy it. You know, I don't want to be proven right. I just, you know, especially with music, I, I, I think I can, you know, I can pick stuff well. And, and, and so I, I, you know, I've, I've always, you know, gotten that, that thrill. It's always got me through. So when someone tells me, you know, anything, thanks for my, playing my band and, and I appreciate that. And, you know, but it's just like, that's, that's what you do. And that's what you're supposed to do. And that's why I'm on the radio because Dave Grohl doesn't need me to play him 45 times a week on my station. He's no, good. Right. He's set. He's made his money. He's, he, he doesn't need to host another friggin' show ever again. Or, you know, it's like, he's good. So let's give a little opportunity to somebody else. And I'm not the anti, hit guy like i mean i i, I you know you gotta do what you gotta do i mean a you gotta play the Foo Fighters live. for you sure got, sure but but i mean i'm that guy it's like hey listen they're good they're getting some love spread it around a little bit man come on give a little something <laughs> over here and so i always fought for that at the radio station and you know i pushed very hard to get a lot of locals into regular rotation and and was successful a lot of times and and you know but that's the thing with you know with, with cyy and you know stations up here is how important locals been and, and, you know, CYY and, and, and originally CLZ, I believe as well too. And, and BLM, because we're all under the same roof. WCLZ yep. used to be owned by the same company and all three and even BLM back in the day, um, you know, were very supportive of local. And even before those other stations, I suppose, you know, um, you know, BLM supported bands that were, you know, seventies or eighties or whatever, but, you know, then they were the first ones really to crack twisted roots. 
and then CYY comes on the scene at 95 and naturally Twisted Roots, you know, moves over and blends into CYY because that's more of their stomping ground and that, that station never existed. Now here's their perfect home base. And at that time, Rustic was just starting to become what they were. So CYY was perfect. And it's like, well, listen, yeah, we can play Nirvana and we can play the Chili Peppers and Green Day and all the typical shit, but Rustic Overtones and Twisted Roots are as big as those bands for the people that listen here. So why not put them in the rotation? It gives a shit if they're not Nirvana. They're Nirvana to us in a way. And, you know, BLM definitely helped to kick down that door. You know, I, I think Twisted Roots, I always felt was the band that started everything as we know it, you know, still to this day. You know, they were the one that packed in the state theater. Uh, their CD and cassettes were on the shelf at Bull Moose. Um, they were getting courted by record labels. Um, they were the band that we, you you were like, holy shit, this is a local band? Like, mm -hmm. whoa. I mean, is this Alice in Chains? Or like, holy cow, like these guys are from here? And I remember that because I went to St. Joseph's College in the early 90s and I did college radio there. <clears throat> and that's when I got exposed to local music in Maine. So that would be 91 to 95. And so that's when I got to know Twisted Roots. And I was like, shit, these guys are like, they like, I like Alice in Chains and these guys are like just as good, but they're different. Like, wow, this is local? Because when you're younger, very young, you, you, you wanna go with what's popular. And as you get older, your tastes start to develop and mature and you learn, hey, it doesn't matter if it's good, it's good. And uh, so they were kind of, for me, my first big exposure to impressive local music and then you know i did three different radio shows when i was in college and you know one of them i focused a lot on hip-hop which from 91 to 95 was maybe one of the greatest time for rap music and i used to have these local kids come in and freestyle on my radio show from the portland area and they went on to become major success in hip-hop independent um there's a guy named tim holland who uh his name is soul and a friend, another friend of mine named uh, Brendan, who uh, his name became Alias. And they were part of this crew called Anticon that ended up moving out to the Bay Area. And they became part of the underground hip hop movement in you know the later 90s into the 2000s. And they're touring around the world and getting written up in independent magazines and Rolling Stone. And they used to come in a freestyle on my college radio show and steal records, you know? And so um, that was another starting point for me for for local too and so so i'm very lucky to have you know roots for me for local going back to 91 which you know is not as long for other people local has been around so really good local has been around for a long time but i think around that time that's when bull moose was kicking in venues were really kicking in the radio stations were you know coi fired up a few years later and and then and then it's just you know just just steamrolled with everything since you know from rustic overtones to six gig you know into, into all the other stuff it came with and the bands that had an opportunity and too late to hear on sparks and the bands that got signed and the bands that were close and then the bands that did things that people didn't even realize like uh, the stoner kind of metal band uh, ocean you know they could they're torn around the world they're a band that you know their average songs are 25 to 30 minutes long but like they you know would crush genos and then they were touring around the world and then you know what about cruel hand i mean yeah, that I band could play those guys absolutely you know, 
th- those guys are so good, but because they're in a punk hardcore world, you know, people aren't quick to mention them as quick as they mention, you know, whatever pick somebody who's been a hit band in, in, in these years and, and, and they deserve that. And I always stick up for them and I, I'm proud. I still play their new music right now um, on, on spin out. And those guys can play in Australia and people sing their songs. And it's a testament to the punk hardcore world because it's a very loyal base and, and, and they stay tight. But I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a great scene. You've had these opportunities here with radio and print and TV and, and opportunities with live venues. There's been so much opportunity for bands over the years um, to, 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 to prop themselves up to a level of being uh, heard and, and, and given a, a chance. And, um, and that's why, that's why it's a little rough right now, because it's like, man, those were good days when, you know, uh, you know, there's bands getting looked at and, you know, I had people I knew from record labels were in town and I'd sit there and I'd be watching a show with them and bands on stage playing. They don't realize I'm sitting next to the head of national promotions for Virgin records, you know? And it's just like, you know, people didn't realize that that was under our nose a lot of the times, but you have radio here, you have reason for these people to be here and you've had a few bands kind of pop through. And, 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 and so that gives people a reason to come up here and, Everybody wants to be the first to discover something. So you had a lot of labels that were up here in the 2000s and to the, you know, uh, you know, the early 210s, not so much, but. So, so I, have a, I have a question about yeah. that, but um, the. I'm going to have a Frito if you don't mind. Oh, no, go ahead. Please, please don't let me stop. I'm all of a sudden, I don't know what the deal is. All of a sudden, like, I'm, I don't know why I'm digging Fritos lately. You know, when like a, like a woman's pregnant, it's like the pickles and ice cream thing, which whatever, <laughs> like. I'm not necessarily pregnant, although I'm not in game shape right now. But all of a sudden, I'm just like, I'm like for like the past few months, I'm like, oh, I gotta get, I get free, I gotta get some Fritos. Like the, the all of a sudden, I get this want the bar. No, just the regular ones. old school. Just oh, the, okay. well, those are good too. Those yeah. are good too. The chili ones. But I'm like, no, just the regular old school corn style. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with me? I just got this like <laughs> hankering for for Fritos lately. So. Don't mind me crunching a little bit here, but no. Um, Go ahead. Say the, uh, the, so you you brought up something a minute ago that I'm curious about for you personally. Now you were saying that you know you would go to a local show and you'd be sitting with someone from Virgin Records or or whomever the case may be. Like growing up, now you you grew up in Nashua or somewhere in that area. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. My whole family is. Um, from a little bit north of Boston, about 10 minutes north of Boston. Okay. Um, that's where I, I, I was born there. And, um, and a few years, a few years later, we moved up to Nashua, which is about an hour north of Boston. It's right on the borderline of Massachusetts and New Hampshire. Um, it's probably about 100,000 people now. So it's bigger than the Portland area, but it's just more spread out. So um, did you ever but... think that coming from there, coming from Nashua, you know, you're growing up, you do your college radio at St. Joe's, you're doing these three shows, you got, you know, people coming on freestyling and, and doing all these interesting things. But did you ever see that? Like, did you know that that's where that was going to go? Did you know that you were like, all right, this is what I want to do. I want to be on the radio. I fucking love this. And then, you, you know, how did you go from there to getting involved with CYY? Because 95 CYY started, you know, and, and spin out started at the beginning, but then you took over in, in 2005. Is that right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and then so did you did you know that was the direction that you wanted to go 
<laughs> or no. So <laughs> let me. Uh, I'm gonna try and do this in like a boop 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 kind of move here. I graduated, worked for Bull Moose for about a year in Wyndham, and then eventually moved back to Nashua in '96. Uh, started to uh, manage assistant manager strawberries down there. All right, at least I'm in my field figuring things out. About a year later, um, there was a record company, a small label based out of Jersey. The guy that ran it was from outside of Boston. <clears throat> He'd been in the industry for years. He'd done radio promotions in the 80s for major labels, which that's a whole other story as well. But that's well documented in books out there. Radio promotions in the 80s uh, with major labels is uh, that's a friggin' mini series. But he ended up starting this record label in New Jersey in the mid 90s. And they had put out this compilation that was huge at my store. It was the biggest seller in the store. It was a compilation that was done with WAAF down in Boston. Basically, it was a compilation of all the acoustic performances and the bands that stopped by. And then in between, there's banter with the DJs or joke songs that they created on Fridays or prank calls or whatever. So it was a radio station compilation. This thing was massive. It sold like 30,000 copies or something like that. Actually, it went on to sell 50, I think, thousand copies. And it was outselling everything at that time, Smashing Pumpkins, Celine Dion, or whatever. But at the end of... of um, now, the people that were on that compilation, mm-hmm. they were all national artists at the time, or were they... Yeah, it was Our Lady Peace and Local H and, you know, okay. all, the, all these massive bands that had visited WAAF at that okay. time. And the record was released in conjunction with the station, and it also supported like the Boston Food Bank. So there's a lot going on with it. But at the end of uh, 06 into, I'm sorry, 06, at the end of 96 into into, uh, 97, I just needed to get away from the record store. So I was just about to leave. I didn't know where I was going, but I was just, I was just frustrated. I'm like, I I need to be in this industry. I, I know more than most people I've met in the industry. You know, I know this better than most people I talk to. Like, I know this stuff I have since I was a kid. Like, I'm, I'm wasting my time here. Anyways, the guy that started that label tracked me down at home. He said, hey, I heard you're leaving. He goes, well, listen, I'm looking to expand the company. Can I bring you on to do, like, New England kind of promotions for me and basically represent the label in New England, promoting it radio and promoting it retail for me? And I was like, yeah, all right, <laughs> here we go. And I, and I don't have to leave New England. This is great. So from 97 into the beginning of 98, I worked for this company and basically would go down to New Jersey now and then to be a part of some things. It was a very small operation based out of his house originally. And, um, and that compilation happened. And then we worked on another compilation, very similar. And that one did equally as well. The beginning of 98, he said, listen, we're established enough. You can come down if you want, you know, full time, full benefits, full everything. And I'm like, all right, this is it here's a shot to be at a record label. Uh, but granted it's in New Jersey It is about 20, 20, eh, about 20 plus minutes outside of New York city through the Lincoln tunnel. And, uh, and I had no interest in wanting to go down there. I'm like, it's just not my bag, but look at this opportunity, you know? And I just, I, I'm, I'm, let's go. I moved down there. I don't know a soul down there. Nobody, nothing went down by myself. Uh, you know, uh, just set up shop paid a thousand dollars for a one-bedroom apartment you know and um you know and that was you know years ago too um and uh but i was working at at this label small independent label sure but 
<clears throat> over those benefits, years. You were getting paid. They yeah, I was getting, everything was covered and doing and what they, I loved doing. Yeah, and, and, and you were in a situation that you you had cultivated that. I mean, he came and sought you out. You know, which was um, awesome, you know, which must yeah. have made you feel just like yeah. fucking king of the world, man. Like that must have been incredible. Yeah. I mean, it was like, all right, this guy saw me. All right. Maybe this is that door. I mean, this guy sees something in me. He knows that I know my stuff or whatever. And so I would down there and, and, you know, <clears throat> I could have gone to, you know, I say I could have gone to, um, if I, if I went to, you know, if there's opportunity to major label, you're going to get in, you're going to work in one department and you're going to be there for who knows how long, maybe move on or whatever, or go to another label and do the same thing. I was at this company from the beginning of 97 until uh, the beginning of 02. And I did everything you could do at a record label. I did. Now, if I was in a major label, I wouldn't have done more than one department, most likely, right. unless I moved upwards. I did radio promotions. I mean, there was... At, at our busiest time, I think there were six of us there full-time, um, which is not a lot of people, but that's still a lot of people. That's a lot of salary and benefits yeah. to cover, right? But I did radio promotions. I did retail promotions. I oversaw all manufacturing and packaging. I dealt with the distributor. I was the main rep for distribution. We had two distribution companies. Um, I dealt with both of them. I went on the road with some of our artists. We didn't have a lot. We did more compilations, but we had two basically main artists that we had. And I go on the road with them. I bring them to radio station interviews. I bring them to their shows. Um, everything you could possibly do at a record company, I did every day for those years. So that experience and opportunity was massive. And this guy knew all these people from years ago. You know, he knew all the big names. He knew Clive Davis and he'd worked with all these different people. And so I get to meet a lot of people through him. And I'm going to New York whenever I want to see shows that I would never see anywhere else in the world. You know, I'm a big Faith No More fan. So I remember one night I saw Mike Patton play at a club at 12 o'clock at night. He did a solo performance with just him in a microphone making sound effects noises. And it was like me and like 200 people in this little small little club at midnight. I'm not going to see that shit up here. No, so all but... the opportunities down there were so amazing and meeting people and seeing shows. I eventually would bump into Kid Rock like, you know, the minute before he got going, before it blew up. Uh, we, we, I bumped into him in the middle of Times Square at about 1.30 in the morning. We walked by each other. Never met before. We just talked back when I did my college radio show. Right. I was managing a band from up here called Rotors to Rust at that time. And they came down and played in, in, in town. And uh, after the show, we were walking through town and uh, they wanted to go just through Times Square and just get pizza or something. I'm like, guys, fuck, I got to work tomorrow. Let's go. So we're walking around. I see this dude walk by me. I'm like, kid. And it was him. I was like, hey, it's Mark Curto from St. Joseph's College Radio Station, you know, WSU. Oh, man. So blah, 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 blah. We hit it off. It's like, yeah. He goes, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, Atlantic signed me. And I'm like, I know my my boss is good friends with Jason who signed you. And he's really high on you. And hopefully he's like, yeah, we'll see. He goes, you know, we'll see what happens. And we exchanged information again. And I would eventually meet him again down the line um, just, just the minute before it went batshit crazy. And, um, but I mean, all these opportunities happened because I was down that way. We ended up selling about half a million records when I was down there. And that's huge. That's a lot of records. And wow. we had one artist, uh, kind of a classic, um, R and B singer, 
um, named Glenn Jones. And we did like about 200,000 copies of his record alone. We had a comedy singer named Red Peters who Howard Stern uh, friended uh, and kind of helped him out a little bit too. We sold a ton of records with him. And then we did a lot more of these compilations. I was working with a band that I found from Kansas City. And uh, there's all kinds of stuff we did. But anyways, long story short, I just caught myself at a moment realizing I don't want to be in New Jersey anymore. I don't want to live down here. I don't want to meet a girl from Jersey. I don't want to have kids grow up in New Jersey. <laughs> like I just, eh, I just, you know, it, it just, just wasn't for just, you. And that's you know, okay. And, and like at that point being where I wanted to be was almost more important than doing what I wanted to do. I'm like, let me at least get back to new England and then I'll figure it out. And, you know, right around that time, you know, nine 11 happened. And I was 20 minutes from the city. I saw the whole thing from where I was at in New Jersey. You know, so you're just thinking of a lot of things, you know, and just like, I mean, I wasn't worried so much, but just like, ah, I don't, I don't know how much I really want to be in the, in the, in the world. Mm. You know, I feel like I could have a little bit more of a comfortable place back in New England. This is, you know, this is fun. It got the blood flowing for a bit, but yeah. So anyways, um, the beginning of 2002, I moved back to New England, um, just get a breather because I never really took a vacation time and all the time I worked for this record label, except coming back and forth for holidays and stuff to see my folks. So I took, you know, a couple months just to breathe and just move back in and just get settled and just trying to figure some stuff out. I had some friends that run independent record companies that hired me as a rep for them. So I was able to promote some records for these labels and do some work for a year or two up in New England and deal with radio and retail. And at that time, everything was starting to fall apart. Retail was going away. You know, things were changing. And so, uh, so, 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 so what do I do? I, I come up with a brilliant concept uh, uh, for a compilation that I want to put out. So this was the, this is the middle of 2004. And I thought, you know, it'd be awesome is what if bands from Portland covered other bands from Portland? So I was still very close with the scene up there. Face Melter, who originally hosted Spin Out, yeah, who's been yes. a friend of mine since 90. He actually left St. Joseph's College uh, the year before I started. So I've known Sean since 91. But um, so I was still friends with him. I still knew all the bands up there. I was friends with a lot of these bands from years back. Still kept in touch with a lot of them. When I was down in outside the city, I was pushing for a lot of them. I brought my label out to to a showcase that Rustic Overtones was doing. Like I was trying to get, you know, Portland bands some help down in the city because I was down there. So bands that were coming down to showcase, I tried to bring friends out from labels that I was close with. So I still had that relationship. So here I am, like trying to figure out what's going on here, working not as much as I need to, and I'm deciding to put out a friggin' record, right? But <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm not going to work for a label again because I know what I want to do. I know what I want to work with. I know what should be put out. I know about artists. I don't need to follow someone else's signings. If I'm going to do this, I'll, I'll I'll do my own thing. So anyways, with a little money I had saved and a, and a credit card, I started putting this compilation together called Beautiful Locals. And it was a 16-track CD that basically was – that's what it was. It was Paranoid Social Club covering six gigs. It was um, six gig covering Twisted Roots. It was, um, you know, uh, it was it was uh, even all out covering Good's Thumb. It was it was great. It was it was just this Portland love letter to each other. And I tried to get the old school bands and the new school bands that were happening. 
So at the end of 2004, I was coming up every weekend to record at the studio on Casco Street with Jim Begley. So yeah, yeah, Friday we actually, would do. Uh, we did drums there for with him uh, for the, sure. uh, for the for the time being record, our first EP. We did drums with Jim Begley, and that was what a great guy to work with, man. I I could great have, guy, and he's a drummer too, so he knows, man. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. You know? So so you, yeah, so it's you a go good there, you, you're coming up and you're recording so, there. Yeah, so just say it was Friday and Saturday or Thursday and Friday every week. I'd work with one, would do one full song each day for the most part. So one day, uh, a full day with good uh, with um, even all out the next day, full day with um, Elder McCrim. Okay. I come up next week. Okay. Friday, spend the whole day with paranoid social club recording their song Saturday, spend the whole day with Pete Kilpatrick recording his song or whatever. So as I'm coming up and literally I recorded two full days in that studio each each week, two days for like, like, I think it was like, I don't know, two and a half months or whatever it was. One of the weeks I was up, I bumped into Face Melt. I bumped into Sean. We went out, we'd either grab breakfast or lunch, depending on, you know, when I was up that week or whatever. And it was, I don't know, it was, this is towards the beginning of the fall. And he said, Hey, he goes, I'm, I'm going out to Alaska. He goes, I met this girl over the summer who was out here in Portland from, from Anchorage. And, um, she did she won this contest with the radio station like you know we we uh and we kind of hit it off and so i'm gonna go out and visit her out there i'm like oh that's cool man great so i don't know a week or two later i'm back in town working for my two on my two days off i'm in the studio working on this compilation and we catch up again for a beer or just a burger or something i don't know and and hey how was the trip it's like oh dude it's great we you know we really connect and he's like you know she's got two sons and you know we really connected and they really liked me and it was beautiful he's an outdoor guy anyways so um he's like i think i'm gonna go back out and visit her again i'm like oh cool so anyways over the next month or so um he ended up going back out again to anchorage and so now this is the end of 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 2004 like november december i'm finishing beautiful locals we're about to bring it over to Adam uh, A and uh, Gateway Mastering, yep. Um, yep. and uh, which you know was awesome. And then I'm like, holy shit, I don't have a million dollars. No, but anyways, <laughs> you know, worth it, worth every nickel. I mean, my, I made the mistake of doing 16 tracks, idiotic. But anyways, that's a whole other story. Um, but um, so I'm in the middle of getting this all wrapped up, and I meet up with Sean again. And Sean's like, I was like, hey, how was, your, how was your trip? He goes, dude, he goes, I'm doing it. He goes, I'm moving out there. I'm like, you're kidding me. He goes, like, no. He goes, like, this is it. Like, you know, we're just, we're too locked. He goes, I just, I, I got to be with her. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. I'm like, wow. geez, you know, I mean, you're literally, we're here. And that's, that's way, that's there, way over the, like that is the furthest <laughs> way over there. Like we're over here and that is as far over there as you can get. Yeah. And so. I remember one of the first things that came to my mind was like, well, dude, what are you going to do at the station? You know, what are you, what are you going to do with spin out? Because I knew how important spin out was. I'm like, these shows aren't happening. You, you know, even back then, you, specialty shows are not, you know, uh, every radio station's favorite thing. You know, I mean, you're talking about letting someone go freestyle, you know, for an hour, let alone three hours is what spin out is. Right. And he looks at me, he goes, listen, he goes, he's like, you got to take it over. I'm like, what? 
I'm like, dude, I don't even live up here. I'm like, I'm still back in, you know, Nashville. He's like, dude, he's like, you got to get up here. He's like, you're the only one that can do this show. I'm like, Sean, I haven't done radio for 10 years since I graduated college. I hadn't done radio, you know. And, and even then uh, it was college radio. You weren't dealing with And it was college of... radio. Right. Although, you know, and although we, we actually, that station, during the day, we took a professional format. We So we tried to be like a real station. And then at night, you know, it was the metal show, the hip-hop show, the reggae show, the whatever, the jazz show. So I had a little touch of professional radio there. Of just okay. How to keep things tight and moving. But, um, but yeah, I mean, but shit, you know, even what, regardless, like 10 years, you know, and I was like, well, you know, first I had that, like, you know, 10 years, but then I was like, okay, aside from that, I mean, I can learn how to press a friggin' button or whatever, whatever products from NASA you're using to operate radio these days, I can figure that out. <laughs> right. But like exactly. the important shit of what to play and music and relationships yeah i'm dead on for this thing absolutely i could do this and i was just like okay all right and then i'm thinking well i can work on the record and whatever i'm building here uh on nights and weekends and then during the day you know i could do the cyy thing i get my benefits and this and that so all right cool so february of 2005 I started on COI, I started on Spin Out, and I released Beautiful Locals. So I put out the first record on my label, which was called Labor Day Records. Yep. And I remember I had that. breakfast I had breakfast with Sean and I was I had breakfast with him and I literally saw him drive away in his little Jeep with a U Haul hitch driving. Uh, we left we had breakfast in um, in uh, in New Hampshire in like Merrimack and Nashua and uh, where his parents live and then he literally drove to Anchorage, Alaska. What a which is hilarious because that's crazy. Oh, dude! I mean, I, I mean, dude! Like you know, you, know, you, know, you, talk about, days in a, you talk about you being a romantic like that guy. Not everyone. Oh does yeah, that shit, man. Man, a few days like I saw pictures eventually down the line, and you know, it was a few days in the states. Then all of a sudden, like he starts going north and cuts into Canada about halfway through, and then straight from there, and then he, then you're in no man's land. And these pictures were beautifully horrific. It's so dark. It looks like a you know black metal album cover, you know. Right. And uh, so that was the start, man. It was his blessing and telling everybody at the station, this is the only guy that should be doing this show. And so to get that kind words, you know, where you know I didn't really have a demo or anything. I went in there and just fake doing a couple of breaks, and they were like, "Yeah, he's fine." Um, and uh, and that was it. So I, I had started Labor Day and then I started working with Lost on Liftoff was the first band, which was kind of Walt from Six Gig and yep. Shane Kinney on drums, who owns the his, the, the drum the center drum down shop. in Portsmouth. Yep. And yeah, he's, I mean, great dude. And then this guy, Nick, who wrote a lot of those songs was just, he's a whole nother story too. Um, so I put that out and then things started moving with the radio station and getting busier and busier and busier. And like, I'm not just going to do stuff and then just go home. Like, I want to do more. I want to be more involved. I want to get local on the station. I want to present shows. I want to go to the club and bring the CYY airwaves and the promotion vehicle. And I want to use it like Robin Hood and hook people up. I want to, you know, say, hey, 
uh, Spin Out presents the blah, blah, blah band at this show. And so I tried to put on shows and use the opportunity that I was given. And meanwhile, you know, here I am trying to build this label up. And the idea for me was, I hope I can build the label up a little bit so that I can maybe get an imprint deal uh, with, with, a, with another, with a bigger label and basically be a sub label and kind of just basically kind of run things, but not have to, you know, go into some cheesy major label and, and deal with some, you know, guy with a, you know, thousand dollar smile and doesn't know shit about music and, um, uh, and have to answer to him, you know? Um, so that was the hope is that I could, I could create a sub label and, you know, real quick labor day records i put out about 10 records i put out lost on liftoff um sidecar radio is my other band um i did two records with um span ruin who are a metal band who are really good and and then spencer uh albie has been spencer in the school spirit mafia which was like 11 or 12 person <clears throat> like beatleish uh it was like the beatles meets the kinks meets Johnny Cash meets a marching band and they were phenomenal, but we did one record there. And then, and then the other band, which I was a huge fan of this dude, uh, Kyle. Um, and, uh, so, uh, he had his band called Cosades and I'm sure you guys, you know them well. And oh, so yeah. I put out a record Absolutely. with them. I just felt like, I just, I'm like, this kid's just like, I don't know what the hell he's doing. I can't explain it. I can't say he sounds like anybody. I just know I got to work with this kid. Like, I just think he's just, a madman genius and 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 more more madman than genius sometimes but (laughs) so i try you know i tried to develop man and and you know we were close with lost on liftoff you know actually that guy from virgin records um uh was blown away and was totally into these guys and he actually um um uh got the head of uh, of the label um really into them and uh so i was supposed to have them showcase with that label and long story short the guitarist just left the band in terms of rock radio songs i think they're one of the greatest bands i've ever been around in terms of the quality of the songs that they wrote i think i think that they wrote songs that were just as good as almost any rock radio song at that time i still feel that way i listened to one of their records about a month ago and i'm just i was so proud to be a part of that and all the bands i worked with but that was very that was frustrating, man. And that and that collapse kind of happened eventually before I got involved with Spose. But the radio station thing just started growing, and I got more involved in town. And I helped with Adam from Gateway and some other people set up the Portland Music Foundation. And so that was a thing to really kind of help cultivate and help to build up the music scene in Portland for anybody who wanted to have a life and a career in music, not only an artist but maybe a manager or or a producer or a tech. Um, so we were kind of like this incubator, hopefully to help you know people um, have a music career who are in the area. So you know we were very active with that, and um, and then I you know I started writing music uh, reviews, and then I started hosting this thing called Clash of the Titans with Spencer. We hosted that yep. every night in town, and that thing was a monster success. And that was huge. that was a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people met each other because of that. A lot of bands started out of the Clash of the Titans. You know, and again, people wanted to condemn it because it was this tribute cover band thing. But it's like, yeah, but there were bands that were born out of playing at those things. So anyways, um, there's that. And then for me, the thing that still I hold on to, that's one of the things I'm certainly most proud of in my life is, you know, around 2008, a few years after I you know started at the station, um, 
I came up with this concept for this radio telephone that eventually uh, was named not by me because I would never do this, but um, this this thing called Markathon, which I do every year, still on CYY in December to support the Center for Grieving Children. And, and, and I'm on the air basically for five days straight and I sleep in the studio and I'm on the air live 21 hours a day for five days to raise money and uh, spread awareness for the Center for Grieving Children. And so, yeah, I just really pushed to to do that back in 2008 and, and we gave it a whack and we raised $11,000 the first year. And I was like, wow, I'm like, I'm just blown away that people cared and they listened. And, you know, the hook is that anybody that calls in and donates, I'll play anything they want to hear. So for five days, the, um, the, the radio station, the, the is, yeah, yeah it, it's out the window. <laughs> so from Slayer to Sade, whatever, as long right. as there's no swears in it. So musically, it's the greatest week ever. And then, you know, community-wise and, and, and support-wise, it's the greatest week ever. So, you know, where we're at now, um, 13 years, it's raised over $600,000. And, you know... Um, you know, it's, you know, and, and, you know, I, you know, all the silly stuff that's come from that, like, you know, you talk about, Hey, did you, I mean, I'm going back to your question from an hour ago here, but did you ever think of, well, I didn't think any of this, I mean, this shit just rolled. I think for me, I just always just, okay, let me step in. Let me try and see what I can do from here. I knew what I wanted to do or what I liked and what I didn't like. I knew things I wanted to be around and didn't want to be around. And once you got those, that criteria down, then you kind of step forward and then you allow those things to happen and fall into place and, 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 and attack the things that you feel good about. And that's all that really happened. And, and with and that, we, you know, it's just like, and mm-hmm. I have to tell you, man, that, you know, for me, you know, you, you, you were talking about like the, the lost on liftoff sort of era like the, of labor day and everything. And um, I remember one of my first experiences with local music that I didn't even realize was local music was I saw Paranoid Social Club, a um, mm. little bit of a you know, change, but I saw Paranoid Social Club at the State Theater. And I was like, who are these guys? Like, I'd never heard of them somehow. And I was mm. like, holy shit, these guys are local. I can't believe that these guys are local. And then I started going down the <laughs> rabbit hole and I discovered all these local bands. And then when I realized that they were all part of, you know, that's when I discovered, you know, Lost and Liftoff and, and all these other groups. And yep. I just thought I started looking at all the things that CYY really was doing and that you were doing for local music. And, you know, at the beginning of this discussion, you had said that you were going to be a little blunt and negative, perhaps, to start. <laughs> but then at the end, you were going to you were going to be have some hopeful and inspirational things and and you delivered, man, because your your story that you've been telling this this you know kind of second half you know or whatever of of your experiences you know it just is so it just strikes such a chord with me personally, um, and it's so inspiring to hear that you know if you know who you are and you know that you don't want to compromise yourself you will find those like-minded people, you know, you've, you found face melter time and time again, you know, and you found all these people in your life that, you know, all of a sudden it was like, we talked a lot about one thing that we keep coming back to is opportunity. You kept finding those Mm -hmm. opportunities and they kept being presented to you and you just kind of picked it up and went, 
all right, well, let's see what else I can do. Let's see if I can put this, this together and get these people together. And the, the bonds that you, you have helped foster the people that you've helped inspire. I mean, the list goes on, man. And I, I can't thank yeah. you enough, dude. And, and I'm so glad that I had this <laughs> opportunity to talk to you about all of it. <laughs> oh man. Well, I appreciate it, man. You know, to, to talk about it, you just like, Oh geez, what the hell? Why, why am I giving my life story or whatever? But, you know, I mean, um, I guess, you know, kind of take, you know, it's just, you want people to get something from it, I suppose. And, and, you know, if, if someone is inspired or influenced by something you said or, um, uh, moves you made, then, then so be it. And, and, um, and so I, I'm not one to, want to talk about myself or brag or boast or anything because i put my pants on one leg at a time like everybody else and you know i never i've never you know in the years of radio you know a lot of people get into it for the wrong reasons i wasn't trying to be a rock star i never have been i'm just just trying to be me and just be real i just again i just feel you're a better person when you're being real and um and so to even you know, I have a conversation like this. It's like, well, we, you know, I don't deserve to have a behind the music, but I think I, you know, I have been a part of some things I'm very proud of, and and some of them you I just you catch yourself in a moment of like, how the hell did this happen, or how did, wow. But you know, I think I think you know, it's very simple, man. You have to, you you gotta uh, stand firm with what you want and what you don't want. And you got to steer away from the things you know are is not good for yourself, or um, isn't going to be uh, helpful. You know, you got to steer away from those things that are, you know, that are gonna that are gonna harm you, or or that are not going to get you where you need to go. And you got to put yourself first, and you got to just think of yourself and what's going to be best for you, and not in the, I'm a better than other people kind of way of just you got to put yourself first and, and take care of yourself and find happiness um or you know or else not everything's going to be done properly you know you, you need <laughs> to find that and you need to you need to be fulfilled a little bit before you can you know truly help you know other situations or help other people or to to be responsible for somebody else and i think you just got to do what's right for you and 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 you know you got to be happy you got to be content and and so over some of these years i'm kind of like ah. Eh, I feel I'm, I feel like I'm kind of eating shit in a few of these situations, but I also knew my threshold. I know my threshold. I know when, you know, I have pride and I'm not going to be a fool. And I know when enough is enough and you got to know that, that too, you got to know limitations and borders and all that stuff. And when you do that, it's some, it's some self-preservation, you know, and, and it's, and it's going to prop you up and it's going to send you in the right directions, I think. And, you know, if, if you're doing that and you're doing right by yourself, then, you know, things can be achieved. And then, and when you do achieve them, you, get, you, know, you just feel good because you know, you did it on right, on the right terms, you know? So, yeah, I just love music. I'm glad I can still have an involvement in it. And as, as things go on for me, where things will change. I mean, I'm managing a venue right now and doing the radio show and that's nice down the line what happens i don't know i've I've had a podcast in the works for six years seven years where i want to have a music talk show podcast that i've been i've planned and scripted for years and i still haven't done maybe that's in the works for me down the line i mean 
uh, I've wanted to do a, a, a feature, whether it's a, a video feature online or whatever, but I want to do something where I focus on people who collect things, you know, and I've had kind of a whole plan script for that on a show on collectors. And so I get all these ideas and things I'd like to do and maybe in time, you know, those things will happen, but I'll always find a way to stay close to music and, uh, you know, to, you know, for myself, cause I need it, but, but to, to kind of help, music get heard and help me people connect with music too so that's always in the cards man it's just you know which ways that's going to be we'll see going forward you know yeah i mean but I, I appreciate I, it man i i appreciate the interest in you you know caring to talk to me for some, you know for for uh you know <clears throat> an episode and a half here and and uh you know i and and i and you know anybody else that you know um appreciates you know spin out or what I've done on that show. I, I appreciate them for listening. I just I appreciate having that opportunity, you know, for people to allow me to be the one to deliver this stuff. You know, I don't take that lightly. You know, it could be like, screw this guy, you know, who the hell is he, you know, or I don't like the way he looks, or I didn't like that one record he played. So it's easy to like, you know, to write somebody off, but people have been good to me and, and I've worked hard to earn everybody's trust from the decisions I make on the radio and the things I've gotten involved with. So you know, um, to hear people say, I grew up with you on radio. It makes me old, feel old as shit, man. You know, cause I grew <laughs> no, up listening it's... to you and I'm like, no, you didn't. I wasn't <laughs> on that law, but I mean, I've been doing spin out now for 17 years. Yep. So I'm like, yeah, I, I guess the math is right. That makes sense. But I'm like, but no, no, that can't be But like that. It's true, man. And, you know, and I know how important radio was and it was much different when I was younger and, 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 and maybe even more magical and even more intense and more important, hugely more important. And, and to know, you know, uh, you know, to have that influence on somebody through, through that, I don't take that lightly, you know, and to know that, you know, I can reach people that way. Um, it's huge, man. And, and to me, you know, that's what radio is about. It's not about being a rock star and trying to meet all the, all the, the girls that listen to you. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, that can always be fun and all that, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's about the music. So, and, and, and I hope that always shows, you know, with what I do. Well, I don't, I, I don't think you have much to worry about there. I really don't. I mean, it, I've been listening to spin out ever since I could tune a radio to CYY pretty much. I mean, I'll be, I'll be 35, you know, in November here. And like, oh. I, I remember those were the days. <laughs> and uh i just i mean you i really wanted to talk to you because i don't i want to make sure i don't really think you need any necessarily like you don't need someone to help you you know you're not looking for that but like i want people to know that like you are someone that i feel is so critical and so important to the local music scene in maine in new england um, and I wanted people, I wanted people to know that I wanted people to recognize that, like you have done so much for local artists, local bands, you've done so many different things on and off the radio. Um, and I just think it's important to recognize the people that are doing those things. And especially now, especially now in a time where it, it's real <laughs> fucking strange. It's real weird. It's so, it, it can be so grim like we've talked yeah. about, but. There are fantastic people out there trying every day to yep. do great things for music. 
And dude, you're fucking one of them for sure. <laughs> so for me to for me to be like, oh, I I was doing a podcast about local music, and to not talk to someone like you would have been <laughs> like to me almost blasphemy. Like I had to have you on this show, and I'm I'm so glad that I did, oh. and and I've enjoyed it greatly, and I, I hope to talk to you again Thanks, about man. some stuff, and maybe we can get together somehow and and have a drink or, or have a burger or something. That would be really fun for me. But uh, just have some Fritos. You. Have some Fritos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, Mark, thank you so much for your time. I, I really appreciate it. I, I wish you well. What's the name of the venue that you're uh, that you're running right now? Uh, it's Aura. So it's basically it's the it's the asylum with you know, it was rebuilt four years ago. Okay. So the three girls that own it, the sisters, they basically tore down the concert venue por- portion of it and rebuilt a nine million dollar venue there. So we're now a thousand capacity with a balcony. And we've had everybody in there from, you know, new bands to, you know, legendary acts from Cheap Trick to, you know, uh, Sleigh Bells to, you know, Judy Collins to Ja Rule. Uh, but we also do events in there as well, too. So businesses do lectures and, and conventions in there and all kinds of things. So it's uh, it's one of the more, you know, advanced and, and, you know, kind of state-of-the-art venues and probably one of the best sound systems in the Northeast, too. So... Yeah, so I'm there steady. This last year sucked, but you know we're hopefully feeling some signs of life here coming around. And um, you know, because live music, needless to say, is important. You know, for all kinds of reasons. But you know, you yeah. don't realize how important it might be for some people that you know the only way they can feel good about themselves or is being at a live show with their friends. You know, there's 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 a need to get back into community with friends and people. So you know, hopefully we'll be back at it. So yeah, that and then yeah, Sunday nights from seven to ten, I still host Spin Out. And um, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm unfortunately I'm still in everybody's way. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm what I'm hearing too is that when I'm when when I'm ready to to start organizing a mainly pop punk. Uh, reunion show for all of these bands that we've talked about from Lost <laughs> to yeah. to whoever maybe we can find a home someplace hey you know i think i think it needs to happen i think you need a little revisit you know i know bands do their you know all the record came out 10 years ago or all oh, we did the show or we did this and that. yeah be you know be nice i mean I, we got a lot <clears throat> to be proud of again in this in this scene and and i'm certainly someone that likes to continue to wave the flag and say hey although that may, they might not be functional anymore um, they can still do it, and these people still appreciate them, and they were a part of our of our lives, and they're part of the younger people growing up. You know, these are bands that you know made songs that they cried to, or they you know gave to their boyfriend or girlfriend, or a band that they wore out this T-shirt of. Like that's important stuff, and and that was part of your life and culture, and and uh, I think it's I think it's always nice to to still show that we have a place for that and, a, and an open you know open floor for that. So. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I, I I love that. There's so much good music that that needs to still always be celebrated around here. And 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 to leave again on a positive note, as negative as I sounded earlier, there's still so much opportunity out there. And it's just don't get frustrated. Um, continue to do what you're doing if you're making music, but know that there are people out there that can still help and support. And uh, and wherever you can get that support, if it's someone who writes or someone who does a show someone's on tv or someone that has a blog take help from wherever you can get it because you need help from every possible avenue more than ever right now and 
anybody that helps you, you got to appreciate that. Hold on to those people because it's an industry and music is just full of too many of the wrong people. And when you find good people that can help you, not just with music, but art, period, um, lock onto those people tooth and nail because uh, they're hard to find, you know. And when you find a believer, um, don't ever let them go, you know. Believers are hard to find and they can do things that, uh, you know, can make you feel like a million bucks. So, um, yeah, something like that. That's great. I love it. And I think, and with that, sir, have a great night. I hope to talk to you again real soon. You too. Thanks, buddy. You bet. Cheers. Bye Thank bye. you, man.